What happens when someone in your family is hospitalized with COVID-19? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about the impact of having a family member in the hospital with COVID and what you can do about it on Access Health Radio. And thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician, and we come to you each uh, each Sunday afternoon here at 4 o'clock on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Dr. Forrest, I understand the topic this week hits pretty close to home for you and your family. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, one of my family members was admitted to the hospital this past week with COVID-19. And uh, this was not someone who lives in our household, uh, but it is someone that is high risk and and that we all had to be concerned about. And, you know, seeing this experience from the other side has really given me some perspective. And I thought it would be really important to let the listeners hear about what that's like, um, both for those dealing with the same thing themselves and for those that may experience that, you know, in the near future. Um, in the upcoming months. And, um, you know, despite the picture and the perception that I think most people have of what COVID hospitalization is like, uh, I have learned a lot uh, in the last week or so about what it means both for the patient and also what it means for their families. And it's really been uh, quite a humbling experience. So tell me, what has this experience been like for you, not so much maybe as a doctor, but as a family member of someone hospitalized with COVID-19? Well, you know, if I had to summarize it in one word, it would be frustrating. Um, You know, normally when a family member of mine, especially, you know, immediate family members are in the hospital, I tend to get very involved in trying to find out exactly what's going on. I trend. I, I try to make sure that the details are being tended to. I try to make sure that nothing's being overlooked or falling through the cracks. And with COVID, everything has to be done remotely because they won't allow visitation. I mean, I can't be, you know, up there at the nurses' station. Uh, I can't be looking at what IV bags are hanging and you know what somebody's monitor looks like because I simply can't be there in person. Mm -hmm. So communication has to be pretty much exclusively by phone. And that's just not as easy as being able to walk up to somebody's nurse and ask them what's going on or, you know, going down to the nurse's station and, and checking on, you know, the daily report and getting vital signs and things like that. Or, you know, even talking to the attending physician when they round in the hospital. So, uh, you know, waiting for calls to be returned, Uh, Playing phone tag with this type thing and shift changes of staff causes a huge breakdown and delay in communication. And, uh, you know, it's been really difficult to find out, you know, what treatments have been started, when those treatments were started, uh, you know, what critical information like oxygen levels uh, are. uh, And even if, you know, the family member was getting meals that should be provided. Um, at one point, you know, apparently for two days, um, you know, this, this family member of mine had not gotten their dinner and, uh, you know, for one day they weren't getting oxygen despite the fact they were, they needed oxygen. 
and their levels weren't being monitored. Uh, and, and you know, when you've got when you've got COVID nineteen pneumonia, you figure it's probably a pretty good idea to keep a check on those oxygen levels and see if somebody needs oxygen. Right. Um, you know, uh, another experience we had is I'm sure people are familiar with remdesivir. This is the uh, the FDA drug that was FDA approved to treat people hospitalized with COVID-19 um, as soon as they come into the hospital. And um, it was only started uh, on this family member after I gave a strong suggestion and personally calculated the, the dose and what would be appropriate uh, for this family member. And then I had to read that out loud to the family member's doctor. Um, over the phone. So, um, you know, we were told um, that, uh, you know, they'd been thinking about starting remdesivir in the next day or so, but they wanted to consult with a specialist that was going to be coming by. And, you know, they, they indicated, it, you know, in the next day or so, they might start the remdesivir. But, you know, after I calculated uh, what the family member's kidney function is, and after presenting that to the doctor, they realized that they should go ahead and start it immediately. Well, that's all fine and great. And, and we got it started, but you know, that's very frustrating. And, um, you know, for people who aren't medical professionals, I think it's even harder, uh, to intervene like that. But what I found is as a medical professional, you know, I've been an advocate for my family members on many occasions in the past when they were in the hospital. Um, and unfortunately I can tell you that it was always something that was absolutely necessary. Uh, Dr. Forrest, do you, would you say that this would be a typical kind of treatment that your family member received uh, for COVID-19? Do you think this is something that's being repeated, or do you think this is an isolated incident? You know, I, I would like to say that the delays and the communication breakdowns and all that those type things was an exception rather than a rule. Um, but I think, honestly, it's probably the, the average state of care. I think that hospitals are overwhelmed. I think that they have, you know, more people that they can deal with. And we're started, that's starting to get worse because as the hospitalization numbers creep up, um, you know, and it's understandable that, you know, those healthcare professionals are stressed. Uh, they're working continuously. They're really having to put out, you know, one fire after another. Um, so I'm afraid that this may be sort of the, the standard. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, you really have to sort of stay on top of things. Well, and the reason that why we're talking about this today here on Access Health Radio right now, Dr. Forrest, it's time for our Access Health Tip of the Week. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our Tip of the Week. Uh, they provide great service, uh, unmatched low prices, and they even offer free delivery or mail order in the entire state of North Carolina. Uh, they're located in Apex, uh, and their number is 919-629-6010. And you can also look them up online at wecareofapex.com. And the tip of the week this week is not going to be a surprise. And it's that, you know, if you have a family member in the hospital um, especially with COVID-19, you need to be their advocate. You need to be their cheerleader. You also need to be a part-time investigator um, for those family members while they're in the hospital. Uh, they truly need you. Uh, whether you have medical training or not, um, you need to be able to get as much information as you can about what's going on. 
Um, you need to be someone that can kind of keep things moving along, making sure that things are getting done. And with COVID, this is more difficult because you can't be at the hospital in person. You know, you can't ask nurses as they walk by. You can't be there when the doctor rounds. Uh, so you have to be really persistent in asking for updates by telephone. Um, and, you know, despite the best facilities and the absolute best medical personnel, the outcome for your family member, if they're hospitalized with COVID-19, may depend on you being in their corner and, you know, holding their caregivers accountable. Uh, don't get me wrong. Hospital staff are doing the best they can under stressful situations. But the truth is the squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. And you want to make sure that you remind the folks in the hospital constantly that other family members are interested in what's going on. They are paying attention and watching the care their family member is getting. And they're waiting for those treatments and care to be delivered in a timely manner. Uh, so you really just have to stay on top of it. All right. Thanks for that tip. And I think that is the point to be made here today on Access Health Radio. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about some of the issues to consider if a family member of yours gets hospitalized with COVID-19. This is Access Health Radio. So what happens if a family member of yours ends up in the hospital with COVID-19? That's the topic today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, who's not only addressing this as a doctor today, but he has had a family member hospitalized with the coronavirus very recently, and he's sharing his experiences today. First of all, Dr. Forrest, if people have questions, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, if listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have that answered on the show, they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, we may answer that on the show, or I might just send them an email back, either one. Um, if they would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C. H-E-A-L-T-H dot com, or they can call 919-363-0190. Again, our number is 919-363-0190. They can also, you know, stop by our office if they need uh, anything, uh, if they need vaccines or uh, anything else to be getting prepared for coronavirus, or if they just need to find a new uh, new place to go for health care, uh, they can do that. Um, after the show, they can also listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. We also provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. So if they want a family member to hear the show and maybe they, they, uh, they can let them hear that replay, uh, or if there's part of the show they missed and they want to go back and listen, they can also do that at any time. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. So what are some of the issues that people need to keep in mind if a family member does end up hospitalized with COVID-19? Well, the first thing you need to consider is testing. Um, you know, have, have you or anyone else in the family been exposed to that family member? And by exposure, I mean being within less than six feet of them for a total of 15 minutes or more within 24 hours. Um, and if so, those people really ought to get tested to prevent the whole family from becoming infected. And, uh, you know, despite what you might hear, it is really not that easy to get tested, especially quickly. Um, so the family member that uh, of mine that's, that's in the hospital currently, it took three days for the family member who lives in the house with them to be able to find testing. Um, and that's a household contact. 
Um, and then only, and they still only got tested after I personally helped direct them to a source where they could get some rapid antibody testing. And they still had to pay out of pocket for the test. And the only other option was going to be, they were going to uh, be required to have a telemedicine visit that honestly, this family member couldn't figure out how to get registered for and that kind of thing. And they were going to have to pay a large out-of-pocket fee uh, to do that registration, even though they told them the test was free, it was going to be very expensive to get registered to get the test. Um, the other thing that I think is odd is that, you know, that household contact um, who lives with the person that's in the hospital uh, with COVID-19 has not been contacted by a contact tracer. Still, you know, we're this is this is one week wow. since the person went in the hospital. They haven't been contacted by a contact tracer, and none of the other family members that were exposed have also been contacted by anybody, and none of those other family members have been tested. And we're a week out from this. So um, so as far as I can tell at this point, nobody else who's been exposed has been contacted by you know the state or the Department of Health or anything else. Um, and in other words, I've been the primary source of information about what they should do. And the thing is, what bothers me about that is what if I was not a physician? Right. What if what if I didn't have any knowledge at all? What would be happening to the rest of the family members affected? They, they would have no idea what to do. Sure. Um, you know, the second thing to consider is truly how isolating this can be for somebody in the hospital. Um, it, it just hits you like a ton of bricks that once somebody's in the hospital with COVID, they are cut off from the rest of the world. Uh, their only access to family and friends is by phone. And even that can be difficult because they're getting treatments, they're getting you know high dose oxygen and that kind of thing. And you know being cut off socially might be as hard for that family member as the disease. And personally now seeing that firsthand, it really, really is tough uh, for that person, you know, imagine not feeling well, feeling short of breath, being concerned about your survival, and then not being able to see anybody, you know, in person. Um, it's not like anything else, you know, where, you know, you have somebody in the hospital, they get visitors and things like that. And this just really isolates people. So, you know, in some cases, people have been, uh, you know, in the hospital for months, and that isolation can be just as hard on the people as the disease itself. Sure. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. That would be very hard, especially, I think, on an older person. Now, what about once they get into the hospital? What are some specific things that people can do to be prepared for that family member being admitted? Well, I think that some preparation ahead of time can be helpful. Um, you know, many people keep a piece of luggage or a backpack packed in case of unexpected travel or an emergency. I think it actually makes sense to have a pre-staged hospital bag um, because, you know, once somebody get, gets diagnosed, it's hard to think about all the things you need to get yeah. together. So, right. you know, some things that might be helpful would be some basic toiletries, uh, books. Uh, some type of a digital communication device uh, that might just be a cell phone. But, you know, if you've got a tablet or some type of one of these portals where people can do Skype or telemedicine through, uh, those can be really helpful for having, um, you know, Skype or Zoom visits with family members. Um, you really ought to pack some nutritious snacks. Um, that could be helpful because, remember, for two days in a row, 
uh, my family member had been overlooked. They had simply bypassed their room for dinner. And you know what? Sick people need to eat, too. Uh, so yeah. uh, having having at least a protein bar or something that's, you know, relatively healthy, but non-perishable, that would be easy for that family member to eat. If for some reason, you know, they don't get dinner around to them would really go a long way uh, to help hunger in your loved one and keep them from waiting all night for a meal. Um, the next thing is, I think, keep in mind that family members who normally shave with a straight razor, uh, this is something I learned. <laughs> they won't be allowed to have a straight razor in the hospital because the hospitals forbid them due to worries about suicide in COVID patients. Hmm. Um, so basically plan on if you're somebody who shaves growing a beard uh, while you're there, unless you you know use an electric razor. Um, the next thing I think would be helpful would be having some type of a communication plan in place. And what I would suggest is either picking one family member to be in touch with the nurses and the doctors on a regular basis and act as the updater for the rest of the family. Or, you know, if that's too much burden on one family member to do that, the whole hospitalization, assign that point person to a different family member each day. You know, that can rotate. Um, but you, you really need a point person assigned to get the medical updates. If you don't have somebody that the nurses and the doctors on every shift can call and they know to go to, you really may be left in the dark. And then lastly, the other plan I would have in place is what I would call an isolation plan. You know, uh, once uh, you're going to be asked to quarantine yourself, if you live with a family member who's uh, been diagnosed with COVID-19 or if you were exposed and you need to make sure you have enough supplies uh, that you don't have to go out shopping once you've been ordered to quarantine. And if that family member comes home, you need to continue to do as much isolation as you can, depending on the timing. So, you know, can you keep them in a separate part of the house, you know, a different story, a different set of rooms? Can you limit them to one bathroom? Uh, can you schedule separate time in the common areas? Those are all things you need to have thought about, you know, before all of a sudden they're coming home from the hospital. Those sound like good ideas, Dr. Forrest. What should happen once the family member gets into the hospital? Well, first of all, don't panic. Remember that most people hospitalized with COVID do survive. Some people go home in a week and some people are there for extended periods, but the large majority of people who go in are going to survive. Second, make sure that that person has everything they need, as mentioned before, some comforts from home, toiletry, snacks, some way to do Skype or Zoom can go a long way to keep them comfortable. Uh, also plan for exposed family members to get tested ASAP and try to find a way to do that because it may take several days to be able to do it. Mm. And lastly, and most importantly, be an advocate for your family member. Let the medical staff know that you're going to be involved and you want to be updated regularly. Uh, you can't be their doctor, but you can push for them to get the best treatment in a timely manner. Some final thoughts on when a family member gets admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 next on Access Health Radio. It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week, Doc. The Trivia of the Week this week is that as of this taping, there are 46,000 people in the United States in the hospital with COVID-19. Mm. And that's going to wrap up our show for this week. Our scripture this week is one of my favorites. It reminds us that uh, preventing disease is, is optimal. And it's from Matthew 9, 12. But when he heard it, he said... Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.